You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. This week I have a great conversation that I had with Miss Suzanne Sherman for you to listen to. Unfortunately, just a note before we get started, I did have an appearance of Dark Tom Woods. The audio in this episode, particularly Miss Sherman's audio, is corrupted for some reason. I did my best to make it listenable. However, it will sound like she's on a landline talking to me. She wasn't, and it sounded pretty good the night of. But before we get going, I wanted you to know that. So, enjoy. Welcome to Make Liberty Great Again, the best damn liberty podcast that you've never heard of. I'll be your guide as we peer into the ridiculous reality that is our society and our government. Let's get to it. Welcome to Make Liberty Great Again. I'm your host, Cam Harless, and with me today, I have back Miss Suzanne Sherman, the lady who talked about the Sons of the Confederate Veterans last time she was on and how she's a distant relative of the Sherman who burnt down Atlanta. So, welcome back. Well, thank you. <laughs> I'm, and I'm damn proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I just wanted to have you on just because I, I, I used to do this show where I would have like topics that I wanted to talk about and, or people, new people that I wanted to talk about or talk to. And then I was like, you know, there's a lot of pressure in talking to new people every week. So I just want to have people that I like that I want to talk to and have them on more than more than anyone else. So you're one of those people. I'm like an old <laughs> comfortable smelly blanket. <laughs> <laughs> you're like the blanket that the dog sleeps on. And right. that's why you're here. <laughs> but yeah, so one of the things that I, I saw this week that I reacted to relatively strongly without even watching the whole thing because it disgusted me so was this video that someone made and it's the uh well before we get into the video how are you doing I'm doing great I'm delighted to be back <laughs> I'm glad every every time I'm like hey you should come back you're like oh I've got to hunt elk and I'm like yeah Actually, I'm going Wednesday <laughs> And I'm like, I want an elk skull. So, and then uh, you know what? I'll I'll get you one if I if I get a cow. Uh, I'll, the head is yours. And then last weekend, I went rabbit hunting with a goshawk and a Hungarian visla. I do all sorts of crazy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm just this boring guy who who codes during the day and live streams and bitches about politics at night. <laughs> Because, well, that's one of those things that, like, I've had a lot of arguments lately. Well, not arguments, because I don't argue anymore. Like, it's it's one of those things where I will have a discussion with anyone that's willing to have a discussion. But mm -hmm. I'm not going to argue with anyone. Like, it's just not worth my time. You know me from back in the day, the Constitution days, where I would just right. argue. Remember that time we tag-teamed, um, what's her name? The Yes, Chrisanne Hall. <laughs> I forget what it was, but she had a bad constitution taken. You and me just jumped her. 
sweated her. And then the funny thing is, like a year or two later, she sent me a friend request. And I accepted it. And I'm thinking, man, I hope she never goes back into her um, in, into her messages because we were duking it out in, in private messenger too. And I don't think she ever did. So anyway, yeah. But you know, there's a lot of censorship going on. You were mentioning uh, something along those lines earlier too about arguing. And I'm reading a book right now a couple books, but one of the ones I'm reading is deleted and it's about censorship and the social media, you know, circumstances all around that. And I was thinking of those days again, when we were discussing, oh, you know, the incorporation doctrine and arguing with these people thinking, can we had such lofty goals. We were, gonna, <laughs> we were going to revive the F word federalism. Right? <laughs> oh my God. So, so then what I see is I'm reading this and what they're saying is, these people have their normalcy bias, you know, what's their confirmation bias, everything that makes them comfortable, essentially what they were taught in their, in their middle school, from their middle school civics books, right, when it comes to these topics. And when you try to educate them with the facts, and clearly we were using facts, historically correct facts, and not, you know, some, you know, judicial fairy dust, revisionist history, it only serves to reinforce people's original confirmations and they call that the backfire effect. And I realized how much time have we wasted trying yeah. to do this? So once in a while, I'll share one of the articles that the 10th Amendment Center published that I wrote or something else, or I might drop something, but I, I just don't get into debating it all day anymore. It's just such a waste of time. It is. And that's one of those, that was a conversation that I had a conversation with a guy on Twitter. By the way, Chris Ann Hall followed me on Twitter and I laughed for a solid minute and a half because I'm like, you're like the christian liberty constitution woman you're not going to like my crap mouth my, my dirty mouth what are you doing <laughs> but i was having a conversation on twitter the other day because i tweeted it's not always an ad hominem sometimes you're a stupid fuck and someone had to tell you that the truth is the truth <laughs> <laughs> and, and i got pushback about you know how it's always an ad hominem if you if you use that you lost and i'm like no my point is just a stupid fuck and yeah story. and that's kind of that was actually my argument because i'm just mocking at that point but like <laughs> internally i'm like no this is what i'm saying is ad hominem is only something that happens when you are arguing in front of people trying to convince the audience it's not when you're just arguing with some numb nuts on the internet like it's not ad hominem if someone says you're wrong and you go okay stupid that's just ending the that's conversation. Just, right. <laughs> like, you don't have to go there. But yeah, I was having this conversation and I was like, I was like, well, you know, life is not a debate stage. And sometimes you're just a stupid fuck. <laughs> and he just wouldn't let up. And I'm like, oh, God, I love I love arguing with the autists. Uh, and I just despise Twitter. I, I just feel like when I go there and I'm, I'm just wallowing through something really foul so, yeah, my time there. And I'm also spending a lot less time on first book as well. Um, you know, I'm trying to just promote my shows. Got a book coming out. When that comes out, we will be uh, promoting that a little bit more. Completely unrelated to politics. So I'm looking forward to, to that. But, you know, I take a little break by having two separate podcasts. One is about preparedness. And then the other will talk about, you know, current events and the political uh, stuff. But, again, not Democrat, not Republican. The whole thing's fucked up. And that's what we try and tell people. Oh, wait, I can't use the F word on the show. Jeff just doesn't want potty. He calls me a potty mouth when I test there. <laughs> <laughs> and well, and that's my thing now is I don't argue. I'm not going to argue with randos on the internet about anything. 
like one of the big parts of what my show is and what I do is mocking the system, proving and pointing out the cathedral and the the propaganda and the you know the matrix as it were and giving people permission to mock it as well and to realize they don't need this in their lives they don't have to follow the cathedral that there are other people out there that are like no fuck this and i think that that's you know somewhat uh valuable in this day and age yeah and you know i get a lot of criticism because you know i i'm very much pro-gun so people assume also because i used to be one this dark reading lunatic neoconservative and uh, i had and a lot of people say why are you so hard on the conservatives when when you're one yourself i said because you know what i really do recognize how futile those arguments were and i just read and, and this was one of my scroll on by strength moments i i resisted the temptation <laughs> it was well almost i deleted my comment before i hit the enter but <laughs> It was this whole thing about, you know, and I think it was a shot across the bow at lawyers because this woman knows I'm a lawyer and she's hardcore Republican. And you know, if you don't, you know, if you don't vote the lesser of two evils, you know, it's the only way little baby steps. We're going to get this country back, you know, and follow the Constitution. There was this post about there are too many lawyers in Congress. And so then they give examples of horrible, horrible presidents they had that were that were lawyers, and then we had the good ones that were businessmen, like George <laughs> H.W. Bush. Oh, my w. God. Bush, Carl Rove. So then I sent the whole text to Alan Mosley. I copied it and pasted and sent him an email. I said, you got to check this out. And he just writes to me in Messenger, stop sending me cancer in email. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and actually, this morning, I yeah. was watching. So have you watched the show Better Call Saul? Oh, yes. I love that show. I That was the spinoff from Breaking Bad. I was delighted that when that came out. It's a wonderful show. But one of the things I was thinking about this morning is any time in a show that revolves around the law, you see a defense attorney, that person is demonized as scum who helps scum not go to jail, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, did I take flack after I passed the bar exam and started practicing criminal defense. Yeah, I got a lot of that from my family. That was my thought this morning. I forget who it was or what set it off. It was when I was right before I took a shower. But I saw someone had posted something about a criminal defense attorney. And I had this thought of, oh, shit, those people are heroes. Like I'd never thought about it before. These criminal defense, unlike Kamala Harris and the evil prosecutors out there, are the ones who fight for the kids who had an ounce of weed. They're the ones who try to get him. And I was just having this thought and you being a past criminal defense attorney. I mean, I'm sure you've seen some some bad ones, too. But I feel like they get shit on way too much when they're protecting people from the state. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. I mean, I remember when a family member, when I got a job at a big criminal defense firm in the county and and she said, well, why do you like practicing law? It's about getting people off on technicalities. I'm thinking, you know. You're watching too much television. And by the way, a technicality <laughs> is precisely what the point of standing between an individual and state prison is. If a cop pulls you over for no lawful reason and finds something in the car, you're not hurting anybody, or kicks down your door for some raid and, I don't know, maybe murders you Ugh. in a no-knock raid, these things aren't technicalities. They really do matter. When I first, before I went to law school, I remember I forgot the show, though. It was a show about a man that had these 
facial deformalities. And he, he just looked very strange. And he worked at a school. And because of his disfigurement, some children were, were molested. And he was the one that was the accused. I believe this was in Southern California. And the court of public opinion already had him tried and convicted, right? Right. Well, after a series of investigations, it turned out he was completely innocent. And one of the defense attorneys, and remember, the defense attorneys were absolutely castigated because here they are defending, forget about the presumption of innocence, defending this accused man who clearly look at him, clearly nobody else would have sex with him, so he's just going to have sex with children, right? That was, that was the basis of their conclusions. He was finally acquitted, but his life, I mean, the, what he went through facing these charges, and I'll never forget the words of one of his defense attorneys, and she was a public defender, and she said, we throw grains of sand in the gears of the freight train of justice, the freight train of the, you know, that being the state that's just railroading these people, and that's what they do, and it's really easy to put criminal defense attorneys down until you need one. Yeah. No, and, and that, that's the thing, like, I, speaking of arguments on Facebook, I chose not to be in one with three relatives of mine the other day, because when the thing about Brianna came out, when they said, oh, well, they knocked and announced themselves before they went in the house, so that's okay, I made the statement, oh, so as long as I knock first and someone's doing something I don't want, I can go in their house and murder them, and this relative of mine, three of them, actually, all sisters, uh, were like, well, you know, my father was a cop, and you don't understand, if you'd just known him, if he had just sat down with him, you, would, you wouldn't be saying stuff like this. And I was like, saying stuff like what, exactly? And I didn't get a response, because of course I, I didn't get a response, because I was telling, what that was, it was bait to actually have a conversation. Because I was like, if you're going to do this, I need you to say it. I need you to say what you're okay with here. And they didn't bite, which is good because that'll make Christmas a little easier. But <laughs> <laughs> but, but, still, it's like Brianna Taylor, yes, no-knock raid shouldn't happen. That's a no-duh statement in my book. But it seemed like most people of the libertarian stripe weren't talking about, I think, the real sickness that led to Breonna Taylor's death, which was the drug war. Yes, there was a no-knock raid. Yes, no-knock raids are absolute garbage. But the, the case as it stands is if there wasn't a drug war that started these no-knock raids and made them what they are, promulgated them, then we wouldn't be having this conversation no matter what. Correct. Yeah, and that was the thing, you know, a lot of people were going against it. By the way, my friends list, I, I tidied that up a lot with regards to all the retarded responses that we were seeing on there. You know, there was one uh, from Prager that came out, oh my God, Prager. Um, well, Ugh. first of all, she wasn't an EMT, she was something else, and okay, fine, kill her. Second of all, she wasn't, she wasn't in her bed sleeping, she was in the hallway, fine, kill her. Uh, and, and then she, her, her boyfriend, her ex-boyfriend was a drug dealer. Oh, we'll kill her. You know, it was amazing. And just today, there is another story that came out. I don't know if you saw this shooting. I don't want to open the window because I don't want to mess up any connectivity we have here. But there was another gentleman who showed up, and I forgot oh, the state he was in, but black man, doesn't matter. Who knows? You be the judge. 
But uh, he showed up at a gas station and there was a man hitting a woman. This was on Fox News. You can find it there if you want to open the page and see it. And you can elaborate on the facts if you can find it on there. But he intervened and tried to help this woman. The police showed up, saw these two men fighting, tased him, and ended up shooting him. I think he was shot twice. And this was a small town with about 1,500 people. So this cop was either an outsider that was not that was just following procedure. Jonathan Price was his name. Yes, Jonathan Price. Exactly. The story is just disgusting. So what's the moral of the story? If you see, read the comments on the Fox News page. Oh, well, accidents happen. Hey, no matter what you're doing, when the police show up, you stop what they're doing. You're doing and you raise your hands. And so many of the people are blaming this man who tried to help the woman. As opposed to this cop. If, If two guys are fighting, is there any reason to tase or intervene. You know, I'm of the mindset, and I was having a, this conversation with a friend of mine who's a cowboy up in Wyoming. This is the kind of guy that has been in a million bar fights, right? He's a former oil worker, cowboy. This guy's been in some brawls. And we were talking about this. And you know what? Why do people call the cops when people just get in a fight? Let's just, just let people duke it out. As long as nobody's, you know, got a, a knife or gun and trying to kill each other, what's wrong with the good old bar fight? Why does this? state have to get involved i mean well and that's and that's the thing it was like with um brianna taylor like the how they they acted like the man her boyfriend in her house kenneth walker was the same man that was dealing drugs so even though i reject the idea of a no-knock raid and trying to get into someone's house for dealing drugs they even fudged the facts Mm -hmm. so that so that it seemed like he was the bad guy and he put her in danger when the facts of the matter was he responded to a home invasion. Exactly. That's all it was. Here's one of the ramifications now. So if it's your home and somebody is pounding on your door, not announcing that they're the police, and they didn't, by all the accounts, the police that they knocked, and then there's a discrepancy. I think the police and then one other person said that. I 11 people said they didn't knock. They did one not. person said they did. Yeah. So, and I think what they did was they said they, they knocked. He heard a loud noise. The boyfriend heard a loud noise, Ken, as Kenneth Walker. And when they went down the hallway, that's when the door got kicked in and he fired a shot. I tell you what, you kick in my door in the middle of the night, I will light you up. yeah anybody should what happens if you hesitate because it might be the cop you lose whatever home field advantage you have because now they're in the house you've been awakened from a sleep so uh, this is going to be a disaster if it causes anybody to hesitate at all when absolute surprise and quick action and decisive decisiveness for the english speakers is critical (laughs) so uh this is i I found this whole thing very troubling, and I found a lot of the arguments in support of the police actions uh, also very problematic. And it, like I said, it freed up a lot of room on my friends list because I just really don't have the energy or the inclination to deal with that kind of ignorance. And I don't care unless there is somebody who's being held hostage in, imi- in threat of imminent harm. There should be no excuse to kick down a door whatsoever. Even on, on faux news for like the two minutes I could handle watching their coverage of it, um, <laughs> some former police officer was saying, you know, there's no reason to kick down the door here. They have surveillance. They could have apprehended the suspect outside the apartment. 
So they do say that. Just like David Koresh. <laughs> Just like David Koresh, exactly. Or uh, Randy Weaver. So Daniel Shaver. Is, Daniel Shaver. Oh, what a sadistic bastard. And he got hired again. After well, he that. got hired again so that he could get his pension, pension. because he got, um, what was it, PTSD from shooting Daniel Shaver. And he enjoyed every freaking minute of it. Did you see him playing that sadistic game, as Simon says, with your fuck etched on his barrel? He was waiting for such an opportunity. Yeah, don't get me started on him. Duncan Limp. Yes. All of these. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there is any excuse to kick down somebody's door. If you want to get into whether or not they were dealing in drugs, whatever, there is no excuse. And until there is going to be some sort of adjustment in how these issues are handled, first of all, people are getting sick and tired of seeing individuals getting kneeled on, getting stomped on, getting shot over bullshit matters like selling loose cigarettes from the pack. Yep. Dancing in the street, saw another cop that was, uh, somebody called because, oh, there's a black man in the street and he's, he's dancing. Oh, for all goodness sakes, better shoot him. Well, he got, he got arrested and manhandled as well. I don't know if you saw also the, um, footage. There was a gentleman at a BART station eating a sandwich. Cop mm -hmm. grabbed his pack, pack, would not let him go and, uh, it, just harassment. So when you have all this harassment, yes, they're following the law and they're enforcing the law. And then you have a situation like Breonna Taylor, Castile, so on and so forth. People yeah. are going to be less forgiving. You're really losing a lot of your, we have confidence in you points with the general public. Some will never lose. Some will never lose confidence and they'll back the blue no matter what. Well, like Philando Castile yeah. was one of the ones that's, that's easily the worst of them. Yeah. Due to the fact that that dude straight up told the cop, I have a firearm in this car. Right. I wanted to let you know in advance. You know who doesn't do that? Someone who's about to shoot your ass. Right. And so he reaches for his wallet, like the police officer asked him to, and he got lit up with his four-year-old daughter in the back seat. Yep. Like, that's fucked up. And that's... Well, that was the thing. That was, that was my follow-up, was, you know, um, anyone invades my home they catch bullets period i don't care if they're wearing a special little costume or a shiny little badge you don't come into my house in the middle of the night and threaten my family without me putting a stop to that period and you know the funny thing is for everybody that hates criminal defense attorneys they sure don't mind when they defend the police officers you know funny story when i was practicing law and i was in the downtown downtown hall of justice in san jose in santa clara county I was in a, I went in the elevator and there were two police officers in there. And I said, good morning, gentlemen. How are you? And then one of them said, fine. They goes, oh, we'd be a lot better. Uh, we're, you keep letting these people out and out of jail that we keep arresting. And I just said, you know what? You need to get your legal education, uh, somewhere other than a television show. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, they thought they, they had me in an elevator and this little clown was trying to intimidate me and I was having none of it. <laughs> I love that. That was one of the, my other fun tweets that got a lot of um, back and forth was when I was I said, why do we give so many excuses to these these people who are chronically pussies who are always scared for their lives? Like get a new job if you're that scared all the time that you have to kill people or dogs. Like what kind of like especially when people are like, oh, well, you know, don't know what they go through. 
you don't know what cops go through every day to keep you safe. You know, it's, it's a dangerous job. And it's like, yeah. So now that you've said that and you realize it's a dangerous job, quit playing the victim and pretending that it's a special circumstance when one of them gets shot at. Well, I think also another reason why uh, people are losing patience, and I, too many are giving them a pass for this, is you're complaining about the lockdown. You're complaining about businesses being right. shut. Who's enforcing that? You know, we've seen who's showing up to these businesses when people are just trying to conduct their daily lives. We've seen all this. Well, you know, the police are just following orders. Well, we've heard that one before. And again, there needs to be a significant, for instance, how many, how hard would it be now with all, with all the, um, you know, gathering of information that's available? If there is a vehicle and the registration is expired, why use that as, a, as an attempt to pull, as an excuse to pull somebody over? You know, there are so many things that could be handled. Send a letter in the mail. Well, that costs money. Well, so does pulling somebody over and arresting them. You know, there are so many things yeah. that could be handled without having to pull over a person or stop them in their day-to-day -day activities. I was driving through a mountain pass here between Park City and my town, and it's a two-lane road, or I'm sorry, <clears throat> two lanes on each side with a solid divider in between, lots of semis. So I'm pinned between a semi and this wall going through this road, and a Ford Explorer SO from Summit County gets right on my bumper. And I had nowhere to go. As soon as I passed the truck, I put my blinker on and, and went, and he went past me. So I called 911. I said, I want to know why uh, an SO can get right on my ass, but if I did the same thing to him, I would get pulled over and cited. And they said, well, I, I don't know, but I don't think you would. I said, I'm not ending this. I want to talk to I want to talk to a supervisor. So they had the watch commander call me, but the chicken shit didn't do it until after he called them. And he said, well, I talked to them. It took about a half hour to hear from him. And he said, well, the reason he got really close, his eyes aren't that good. And he wanted to read your plate because your sticker was halfway pulled off. It wasn't showing all the way. Well, we live with excessive snow, salt on the roads, and part of the sticker that showed the month, but the year showed 20, 2020. <laughs> so I was good for the entire year. And I said, okay, I went out and I looked at my car and I said, you're talking about the month sticker, but it shows that the year, this entire year is good. There are a lot of kids that take driver's ed on this road. <laughs> what if one of them had been driving and was frightened and because of this? I said, this is not instilling good faith in the community. And he, you know, I said, this is, this is unacceptable. And he goes, well, what would you, we'll have a talk with them. Would you really not? But you have to know that this is unacceptable behavior. And I, I think if we can scale back all the, all the reasons for interaction, I mean, I know people are saying defund the police completely. And I know they're also saying, well, send a social worker or somebody else but need to scale back the times that government interferes with our daily lives. Leave people alone. And when after George Floyd was murdered, no, he wasn't. He was going to die anyway. Well, that's kind of the definition of murder, isn't it? Um, uh, after that happened and, and the city started burning up, I thought, huh, this is finally, maybe now we'll see some changes. But once again, I think, you know, the Marxists, of this movement took what could have been a cause that was productive and turned it into something else. But we digress. But you had a video you wanted to share with regarded with regards to a another shooting, the Parkland, the parents. Yeah, yeah. 
No, I was just going to add on to George Floyd. Did you watch the whole video of what happened before they put the knee on his neck? I, I saw him walking. I don't remember. I did see it, but I don't remember all the details right now. They let out the body cam footage. And if you watch it, yes, he's kind of erratic and he's kind of resisting. Mm-hmm. But literally what he's telling these people is, I am claustrophobic. I am a big man. Please don't put me in this tiny car. I can't yeah. handle that. Yeah. And he's like, I can't do it. And they keep trying to shove him in. And that's when he got he killed. Yeah. Panic. Because, I mean, why wouldn't get a bigger van, for God's sake? There was a boy out in Colorado, a little violin player, this little black kid. I don't know if you saw him. I think he had some uh, differences on the spectrum. And he was yeah. pleading with them, please, I'm just different. I'm not hurting anybody. I'm just different. Just please leave me alone. And they killed him, too. So yeah. for all the people that are outraged, I just keep saying, did we learn anything from Rodney King? How long ago was that? 28 years ago, something? No, probably even longer. Nothing changed. And nothing's going to change until how much, how much violence, how much looting? You know, I have to say it's like things did quiet a lot faster in, um, was in Louisville than I thought. (laughs) I really thought, you know, Mike Meharry from 10th Amendment Center was telling uh, my friend Alan Mosley, we were talking, he said, well, Louisville was a nice town, but seemed to, seemed to go away pretty quick. Yeah, luckily. Yes. And, or unluckily, depending on how you... Well, yeah, I mean, I hate end. to see I hate to see the violence. I hate to see the massive destruction. But as I've said time and time again, this is, this is uh, you know, the entirely predictable outcome of an overreaching, egregiously uh, authoritarian police state. Oh, that's yep. nothing to see China. I'm not going to compare where we live to other countries just because they suck doesn't mean that we don't get to suck. <laughs> Well, look at the communists. Let's not. Let's not compare ourselves to them. Come on. (laughs) But yeah, so I did want to watch this video. I have yet to watch it. I turned it off too. I was so disgusted. But let's do this. We're in this together, Pam. Yeah. So, Parkland, (laughs) how many years ago was that? 2017. I actually wrote an article about that. Yep. Okay. And, And so, since then, there have been a lot of, what's the, uh, some influential youths like David Hogg, he hasn't shut his fucking mouth since then. Don't forget Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Yeah. Well, but he's still going. I haven't heard from her in a long time. Mm-hmm. But that David Hogg won't shut up. They decided, someone, the cathedral in some sense, decided, you know what? Having these kids speak for gun laws and for voting for Biden or whoever's on the left, uh, they're not enough. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a little digital necromancy and we're going to raise one of the dead kids from the Parkland shooting and have him spread the message, literally using a dead child for their agenda. So I'm going to push play. Before you even push play, we are both parents. Okay. It's not like we're not sympathetic and we don't get what it's like to be a parent. Okay. Thank God we don't know what it's like to lose a child. But let's assume this happened to us. Could you even comprehend using AI to bring your child to life to forward a political agenda? It's so disgusting. Let's see. Let's, let's, let's watch this horrifying bullshit. I am Patricia Oliver, and this is my husband, Manuel. Two years ago, our beautiful son, Joaquin, was shot and killed at Parkland. Every day I think about him, 
and what his last moments must have been like. Meanwhile, every day, nearly 100 more families lose someone they love to gun violence. Every single day, we keep telling people it doesn't have to be like this. They don't listen. So we found a way to bring back someone that no one will ignore. It's very hard for me to look at this. So please, please listen to what our son has to say. Yo, it's me. It's Guac. I've been gone for two years and nothing's changed, bro. People are still getting killed by guns. What is that? Everyone knows it, but they don't do anything. I'm tired of waiting for someone to fix it. The election in November is the first one I could have voted in but I'll never get to choose the kind of world I wanted to live in. So you've got to replace my vote. Go to unfinishedvotes.com, register, then go vote. Vote for politicians who care more about people's lives than the gun lobby's money. Vote for people not getting shot, bro. I mean, vote for me because I can't. We've got to keep on fighting. And we got to end this. It's so fucked up. That is the morbid shit. First of all, I call bullshit because dead people vote all the time for Democrats. <laughs> I just, oh my God. How do you even define gun violence? As we know, they consider suicide, they consider defensive shooting, you know, justified shooting, all of that is considered gun violence. So it's just a disingenuous ad. And uh, it's sad to see parents putting, you know, posthumous words in their son's mouth to forward a political agenda. And for instance, let's say, let's say um, somebody's unable to defend their own family because their guns have been taken away from someone like Kamala Harris. And then the people that are innocent are still dying. So yes, what happened at Parkland was a tragedy. But the problem is not the guns. The problem is the failed school system. This was from, they were trying to, the politicians, and again, Broward County, so corrupt, were trying to break what they call that school to prison pipeline by pretty much ignoring the behavior of these problem kids. And that was what was the issue. And uh, I wrote an article for the 10th Amendment Center, I believe it was called Muskets, uh, AR, Muskets to AR-15s. And it showed that really banning the AR-15s is first of all, constitutionally impermissible. And also the AR-15 was not to blame for the Parkland shooting. I, I am just t like, I'm glad I waited. I'm also not glad I waited because I'm pretty much speechless. I find that I laugh at the most horrifying things, but I have to point out in the middle of that ad, the dead child's problem with the world and our voting was that people still die when people shoot them. Like people are still getting killed using guns. 
Is that really their goal? <laughs> also, I got the date wrong. It was 2018, February 4th, 2018. I said it's 2017. So uh, 17 students were killed there. That's where I got the 17. Um, gotcha. and, 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 you know, I, I don't understand the, again, this is how the, I, I, it probably isn't very popular to say, but I always say the anti-gun folks, the gun control folks, they do cartwheels when these shootings happen. Because, happen oh, no, because they do. Absolutely the best way to promote their agenda. Remember the Aurora, Colorado shooting? What mm -hmm. happened? What was happening concurrently exactly when that shooting took place? The United Nations gun treaty was in negotiations. Mm -hmm. How convenient that there isn't a shooting in Colorado to kind of, you know, turn, turn the thumbscrews to get some support for, for what was going on back then. So, you know, I, I just uh, think, oh. go ahead. No, I just said, I just realized why they brought this kid back from the dead is because there aren't enough children in schools right now because of the coronavirus deal to have the shootings that they would need to use as political posturing right now. Damn, that is a good point. That is a really good point. So, <laughs> that's, whoa. That's fucked up. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine, I can't even imagine, like, I, the idea of recreating a dead child using AI, like, makes sense in some, in some ways to kind of have some form of closure in a good way. Right. Right? Like, if you had a dead child, you'd want to be able to see them, their face and see them talk and have that idea of what they would have looked like, right? But using it purely as a means to make people vote for Joe Biden. Right. Fuck, dude. Making you making the parents who I don't know what kind of parent chooses to do this, but making those parents relive their kids death rather than some kind of AI crafted joy to see their child again is just so disgusting. Yeah, I have absolutely zero respect for them. And quite honestly, uh, I'm so disgusted by that video. It really negates any sympathy I can feel for them as well. Because if you can just take away what happened and turn that into, like you said, this is nothing more than calling out a vote for Joe Biden. End of story. Yeah. End of story. And then to show how tying, you know, tying into our earlier part of our conversation was with all the outrage in the black community, Black Lives Matter, so sick to death of police. Look who they nominate is a right a, who has absolutely destroyed the lives of minorities and blacks in California with regards to how many how many people has she put in prison and kept in prison for labor over plants. <laughs> California's top cop is there is the is the choice for uh, their ticket in light of all these current events. When I first heard that that was the choice, I laughed hysterically. I thought this is this is. <laughs> You can find this article. I have a website at SuzanneCSherman.com, and there's a page that's called uh, Suzanne's Articles, and then there's one that has the blogs that I publish on the page exclusively. But this is called Muskets to AR-15s, Weapons of War, Enemies of Tyranny. And I do describe this shooting and explain why, you know, again, because of Heller, which was hailed as a victory for the gun rights enthusiasts, and I explain how Heller botched the Second Amendment, that's also on the same page. 
because what they did there was Antonin Scalia said that the Second Amendment protects handguns because of their ease of use and commonality. Well, what that actually did was left the door open for assault rifle bans. And uh, in fact, there was a federal court in Massachusetts which, uh, with a, which upheld a state ban on them because Heller didn't cover ARs. And here's the problem. Second Amendment doesn't protect any kind of gun. It's an absolute prohibition against the general government from regulating firearms, period. And that's the yeah. problem, because when we call these constitutional rights, just digressing momentarily, you know, then the politicians say the same old hired dogma. Rights are subject to reasonable regulation. You know, we have the common sense regulation, which, by the way, Amy Coney Barrett's a fan of. So if you're looking for a big constitutional rights, my Second Amendment defender there, she ain't it, folks. <laughs> so one of the things that I've said on my show before is that I should be consulted on Trump's campaign because do you remember... I, I don't know what day this was, but do you remember there was a big hullabaloo about Trump was going to pardon someone and it was going to be big and important and it was going to be a great moment. Do you remember that? Was it Assange? Snowden? No, no. But there was talk of Assange. There was talk of Edward Snowden. But no, it was Susan B. Anthony that he pardoned. And she wouldn't have wanted to be pardoned. <laughs> But that, I've said this before. Here's what I would have told Trump. I would have said, okay, big D, here's what we want you to do. Instead of pardoning Susan B. Anthony, you need to find some poor sucker in California that Kamala Harris has put away unjustly, mm -hmm. pardon that person on live TV, and tell them, tell everyone why and who put them away and why it was unjust, and just watch the heads explode like the one uh, she hid exculpatory evidence i think it was in a death penalty case as a matter of fact and then there was another one that was supposed to be released it was purely procedural on appeal well he didn't file in time never mind that justice required uh having him let go in fact a friend of mine did a facebook live presentation purely on her record and facebook shut it down shut down the stream oh of course yeah yeah, they, they shut down a website that talked about her record for a long time. Like, mm -hmm. people could not post, I forget what the URL was, but people couldn't post it. Yeah, now they're Facebook taking the it. and banning it and saying this violates community standards. So, yeah, crazy stuff. Like I said, I'm reading that book, Deleted, right now. I've also watched the movie Social Dilemma. And I, I tell you, Cam, I'm waiting for the whole shit show to come crashing down. No more internet. People that need to reach me can know where to find me. I, I'm just so tired of the treachery of the, the, you know, what's going on with the people in these tech industries and what they're doing with us. But yes, yeah. we're still on here because how else do we try and fight and get our message out? So it's, it's a really, it's a real <laughs> contradiction. Yeah. Well, and, and here's, here's my other idea and it's not going to happen. I know this, but on Wednesday, there's going to be the vice presidential debate between Pence and uh, Kamala Harris. Yeah, out here in Salt Lake my neck of the woods. Yeah, and so first off, you're invited to that. Th this episode will come out after the live stream, but you're invited to that. Um, but here's my thought. Here's what I think Trump should do. Tell me if you think this is a good idea or not. I think instead of sending Pence to the debate, Trump should show up and say, I know who's really going to be president if Biden wins. I wanted to fight her. Genius. 
I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> I think I think Harris is going to clean Pence's clock. I really do. Well, she is an absolute sociopath. Like she she, is. there is there is no there is no bottom to her depravity and malfeasance. None. She's an horrible human being. And Pence is easily one of the most boring people on the planet. Yeah, he's not going to he is not going to know how to get down and dirty and actually fight her on the level that she's used to fighting. Like you said, he's he's a gentleman. Uh, yeah. He's milk toast, and you're not going to expect any any kind of fight back from him. We'll see. Um, again, if I don't go elk hunting, I will <laughs> be. <joking>. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what's so crazy to me is like I, I agree that there are a lot of downsides to social media. But there are also a lot of upsides when it comes to like um, red pilling the masses when it comes to the cathedral, you know. Well, and that's I I, the, I don't listen to mainstream media at all. It is so tedious. Like I said, I might listen to one or two minutes, and that's all I can handle. And it, it's so frustrating because there are people that are absolutely brilliant. You, for instance, that have some fantastic shows some long-term format where you actually can deepen, you know, dip in deeper than a bird bath and have really analytical uh, conversations and figure things out. You know, they just have talking points. I remember it was before the, um, what was it, 2012 elections, the year before in 2011. And uh, I was, I was staying at a friend's house and the TV was on and, and one of the, I think it was Greta, up next, which candidate has the best hair. You can't be fucking kidding me. <laughs> Which one has the best hair? I think that was the last Dr. Time. Paul. Yeah, exactly. God bless him. Thank God he's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me ask you though, because I don't think I've had I've asked you this question before. Are you like me in so far as you're not you don't vote for president? Or I don't vote at all, but the, you don't you don't vote for president anymore, or do you still partake in that? Uh, you know what? I actually, I, and I don't like to do this, vote against the other person, but Hillary Clinton, I found just to be so, such a, a reprehensible human being. I did vote for Donald Trump. I did rejoin the Republican Party because in California, I was able to vote independent and I could still participate in the primary. And in Utah, I joined again so I could support Rand Paul in the primary election. Since then, I've just recognized it's it's futile. And Donald Trump, you know, as much as people that his supporters like him, uh, he didn't do what he said he was going to do. He didn't shrink government. He didn't. He yes, he dereg. He made it. He maybe came up with some deregulation, but none of it's affected me. So this tax deferral is just ridiculous. That's going to trap more people and have them owe more money that they're not prepared to pay. Uh, look at what's going on with these stimulus packages. I I'm just. I'm not impressed. The bump stock ban, um, you know, when he says, I, def I, what is, I support the Second Amendment, and then in the same breath says, we need to support the gun laws we already have, but they're unconstitutional too. So <laughs> I, I just found uh, that there's absolutely no point. And yeah. no, I'm not going to vote in this one. I cannot support a man who says the death penalty for anybody that kills police officers. Do I support yeah. killing police officers? I'm not saying that. But you go back <laughs> to Brianna Taylor's apartment, and let's say that shot that hit that cop in the femur killed him. He's going to be, he was charged with attempted murder. Let's say he was charged with murder if that cop died. And he's convicted. 
and he is executed by the state for defending his home, for defending his woman. Yeah. Under Donald Trump's plan, what he wants to see happen, that is what could happen. I can't vote for somebody that wants that. I can't. Well, yeah, and I, I had this conversation because I my thing has been, I've not my thing, but I give uh, the Libertarian Party candidate a lot of shit online. And I call her Boring Joe exclusively now because I feel like that's what Trump would call her if she could ever do what it takes to get into a debate. But I've I've talked a person or two out of voting for her because I see that as just uh, rewarding the leftist push within the Libertarian Party and the leftist stink that they've put on the term Libertarian, which I've more or less just completely gotten away from at this point i use it for ease of use but if you ask me what i am i'm not going to first say libertarian anymore i'm a um, leave me fuck yeah yeah i'm a fuck offlican yeah <laughs> but uh that was uh, i was talking to a friend who because in 2016 i like you voted for donald trump the one reason i voted for donald trump was i was in alabama how much did my vote matter in Alabama. None. <laughs> Whatsoever. Yeah, same in Utah. And so I voted for Donald Trump purely to give the finger to Hillary Clinton. Yeah, same I here. wanted, if she ever looked at voter rolls, to see my name and a giant middle finger pointing her way. That's all I wanted. I want my name to be John Hancock. <laughs> she sees on those <laughs> voter rolls. Suzanne Sherman in Utah says, fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> But I was having a conversation with a good friend of mine the other day, and she was like, Cam, I hate the left so much. I hate what they're doing. I'm considering voting for Donald Trump. And she said, talk me out of it. <laughs> and I said, okay, Nora Alwaki. And I, I went through, you know, I voted for Trump as a middle finger to Hillary Clinton. He said something. He, he, I've never seen him as a man of principle or a man who is good on war but had some good basic instincts that were all that are almost always run over. Mm -hmm. But within the first month or two of him being in office, he finished off the Alawaki family. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And there's this picture of this little eight-year-old girl who was as innocent as they come, shining, beautiful smile. And I saw that he finished off that family after Obama killed her older 15-year-old brother and her father who her father may have been a shitty person. I don't I don't care though because I'm I'm looking at these children. Mm -hmm. And so I sent this picture and I was like this was the moment when I saw that this little girl this beautiful little girl was killed for no reason by Donald Trump. I was fucking done. Yeah. You know what I heard a comment from an ex-friend, well, you got to break a few eggs to get an omelet, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I'm i pretty principled non-voter at this point. Like, my mom hates it. Oh, she hates it so much. But let me ask you, do you get the texts from random people telling you to register to vote or to vote on your phone? Oh, yeah. There was a gal out here running. Also, I'm getting some from the candidates as well. And just pandering, you know, uh, using her gender. Oh, we need a female to 
fight Nancy Pelosi. We need to send more females into the White House. Vote for me. I'm a woman. I actually texted back to this what I said. Do you have anything to offer other than your JJ? <laughs> and needless to say, I did not hear back. Thank you very much. I think she responded or something like that. But, you know, just this pandering. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I get some of those. And, and then the calls for the... You know, fill out the census, help us out. And somebody actually showed up here, but unfortunately I was out of town at the time. And <laughs> then the American Community Surveys, and then the, don't get me started on the draft registration cards. When your kids turn 18, you get, you, you get, uh, you'll get those in the mails and the mail and you can throw those away too, just like I did. Man, I actually, t speaking of that today on Facebook, I had a memory of when mine came in in, I'm going to be 32 this year doesn't matter that that many years ago yeah. <laughs> of me signing that that dotted line to give my life away just crazy but do you, when you get those email those uh, not emails text. those text messages to vote what's your typical response because i found my favorite uh usually i ignore them so here let me read you this text exchange between me <laughs> and joshua from vote america okay he said hey it's, I'm, it's Joshua with Vote America. The November election is coming up. Can I send you a link to help get your Florida mail-in ballot request started? And I responded, will I be compensated for my time? <laughs> and the response looked like it was completely automated. He said, gotcha. For the most up-to-date information, you can get in touch with your local election officials here and put a link. And I said, will I be paid? And then I got back a no, period. Yeah. And I said, then what's the upside? If I abandon my principles to vote, I feel like I should get some sort of kickback. So you've got to do better than that. What's your offer? Am I breaking a law <laughs> if I said if somebody wanted to pay me a hundred bucks to vote, I would do it and I would vote for whomever they told me to. Give me the cash. I'll do it. That's against the law. <laughs> I've made the offer on Twitter. I've have, have had no bites yet, except for from <laughs> my mother. And so then I got another automated response for the most up-and-date information blah, blah blah and i said man not even five dollars i was hoping for a ps5 but you aren't making this easy and he wrote i'm opting you out of text immediately have a great ah. day <laughs> <laughs> no no exclamation points and then i wrote last chance i'll do it for 250 <laughs> well i had done some, i went on cammy's page and did something snarky on the harris campaign thing and now I start getting these private messages on there and I just responded to, hi, would you be willing to help me with my campaign? And you know that emoji giving the finger with the eyes half closed with total disgusted look? <laughs> Every time I got one of those, I turned that back, I finally had to block them. So yeah, disgusted by the whole thing. And as I say all the time, nothing is going to be fixed from Washington, D.C. It's no, not going to happen. Not. And at this point, people have become so cowed, so subservient, as you can tell by the people wearing their masks. In fact, I had a conversation with a woman in my little community here the other day. There were two elderly women in, in the mercantile in the store, and they're both, one of them's overweight, and she's, and she's having some, you know, discomfort, almost respiratory distress. I can see her breathing heavily, pinching on her little, you know, snot catcher, trying to get some, some cool <laughs> air in there, and she just says, Oh, it's so hot. And I just walked past her and said, take that damn thing off because you don't have to wear it. I'm afraid somebody will get mad at me. Really? So she yeah. cares more about the opinion of a total stranger than she cares about her own health. Her own physical well-being 
some stranger might say, put your mask on. Okay. You know what? Yep. Someone said that to me once in Whole Foods, Hippie Foods out in California, and I gave them a big <laughs> F so the whole store could hear. So um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just gone crazy. And it's so fucking Soviet. It, it really is. And, and here's the thing. I wrote an article. It's on my website again. It's called Mask Hysteria. And what I had said is what they're making you do is show that you support a political message. And they're forcing you to comply. Like in my, in my county here, I call them the Summit County Sandinistas, have, uh, because Jerry Herbert, our governor, Herr Herbert, has issued another, he extended the emergency decree, even though the legislature opted not to let him, he did it anyway. <laughs> the Summit County Sandinistas, the opportunity to do two things, continue to moderate the businesses and mandate masks. More importantly, they have canceled all in-person voting. So now they're going to be sending out and harvesting the ballots. And this is why Herr Herbert extended his emergency decree. Well, that's that's one of those things that like, yes, I absolutely believe in decentralization, secession, etc. But it's been really hard to keep arguing for that recently when you see how many petty tyrants there are on the state and local level. Yes, it's hard. What I tell people from the local HOA, the PTA, all the way up to Washington, D.C., you have petty tyrants everywhere. And they need to fear people. Here I, I watched the Summit County webinar they had, and they were all patty. No, no comments from the unwashed masses were allowed, by the way. And at the end of it, they said that one, one of these smug bastards sat back in his chair, put his hands behind his head, and leaned back and said, well, We've changed a lot of behavior. We've got a lot to be proud of. It's an ego thing with them, changing behavior and controlling what people are doing. But we're not doing it voluntarily. When the people are complying, they're doing it because of fear of peer pressure. Or if you're told to shut your business down and you keep going, then the goons with the guns show up. This is why I'm actually grateful that I'm in Florida now. Because... Yeah. I don't think DeSantis is the best person ever, but thank God that he's done what he did. I just got a, a, an email, not an email, a text from someone saying that my particular city just lifted the mask mandate because they were like, well, DeSantis took away our ability to enforce it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Thank God we're yeah. finally there. Because like I said, it's Soviet. You have people telling on each other. You have people in that yeah. stupid neighborhood facebook type deal talking about how awful their neighbor is for not wearing a mask outside of their house like these literally the in their fucking yard these are the people that would have turned in the jews they are no better they're the this is the capo this is the uh this is kim jong-un's america <laughs> yeah it is it's amazing well, yeah well thank you my friend <laughs> well let me let me just say to yeah. all those listening if you want a fun time trolling people who are trying to get you to vote over text messages, just ask them to pay you. It's so much fun because they don't know how to respond to that because it's so against their sacred rights that they can't handle it. So much fun. Um, so, Suzanne, thank you for coming back. We need to do this more often, like I yeah. said. Yeah. Um, but before we go, I've never asked you this question before, I don't think. I stole this question from Michael Malice, but I'm going to ask you and put you on the spot. So, what is your favorite thing about me? 
your intellect. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I've finally gotten to the point where people aren't saying my beard anymore. This is so great. Right. No, your beard's disgusting. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no when, I, when we first you know, on that on that Facebook group we were both members of, I thought, man, this guy is really sharp. So, yeah, that caught my eye very early on. I've always respected your opinions and your intellect, and I, I'm really glad that uh, you suffered through my neocon years before <laughs> playing it out. <laughs> you're, you're lucky, though, because you got me, well, not really, because I wouldn't have been mean to those people anyway, but you got me in the place where I was still willing to, like, argue with people and not the person who right now just uh, dismisses or mocks people. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think our mutual friend Carl's the one that really had the, I was a tough nut for him to crack, and, and he really got me changing my ways a lot, and then by the time I came into that group we used to have, I was a lot more open to some things. I think we had a discussion once about drunk driving, and I was like, oh, hell no, they need to, you know, they can't have that, and, <laughs> and then I think you were involved in that one, too, and that got me thinking as well, so yeah, you know. And the, the thing is, when we have these groups and the people that can have these conversations, it never denigrates into insults. They were always productive right. and we were always able to share each other's points of view. So there are still some select places where I will spend the time and have these conversations, but not on the, the mainstream, not on my pages. They're just, you know, too much of a waste of time. And the funny thing is going back full circle, the individual that we first talked about, you know, the battle is between the one promoting freedom that's a former prosecutor and then the one promoting freedom that's a former defense attorney. Take your poison. Absolutely. Before we go, I'm going to put any link you want me to into the show notes, uh, but I want to thank you and tell people where they can find you. Yeah, thank you. I have a website, SuzanneCSherman.com, S-U-Z-A-N-N-E, initial C, dot, uh, Sherman, S-H-E-R-M-A-N. And then I also have a podcast called The Red Hot Chili, C-H-I-L-L-Y, Prepper. That's on Facebook, has a page by the same name. And also Suzanne Sherman's The Wasatch Report radio show. That's more of a political uh, thing on there. So the, And both of those are also available on Anchor. But thank you so much for having me and allowing me to share what I do. Absolutely. And like I said, you're going to come back and hopefully you're not hunting elk during that debate because I want you there. Um, but why one thing... Yes. I have one request for you. Yes. And it's something that I got from Michael Malice, but if you if you're able to rewire your brain just a little bit, my recommendation is to stop calling it the mainstream media because it gives and lends credibility to a an apparatus that is far from mainstream Fair. and is very deplorable, depraved and filled with malfeasance so if you can rewire your brain and say something like the corporate press that pisses people off more and you'll have more fun with it done and done thank you so much and as always my little audience stay sane <laughs>